Athena, a fantasy world of boundless adventure awaits you. Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. Guys, uh, today we're playing Athena, uh, the Greek goddess, uh, but here just a princess, I think. Um, well, she... Yes. Yeah, you're right. She is just a princess. In this game, yes. Not Don't reduce the actual <laughs> religion. <laughs> don't be like, yo, but she's always just been a princess. I mean, but it is it is interesting to see, like, a hero princess. And, and they do call her the goddess of wisdom. It's, I think they're still, like, trying to pretend that it's the same person, but it's not. But this, yeah, maybe yeah. it was her when she was younger. Maybe, yeah. It's, it's her origin <laughs> this story. Is the, or, this is her origin story. Um, and yeah, Sean, I think you were trying to get the fact that maybe this is, like, our first female character? Yeah. Um, no, that, that, land. Okay, but that but was that's a, a that's humanoid. A, that's a female, like... Blob. We had that debate about Mach Rider, remember? (laughs) Because there's that one screen where, like, Mach Rider takes off the outfit and it's like this, you know, chick. Yeah. but <laughs> okay, you know, like I didn't want to say girl because she's like, all right, she's a woman. <laughs> she's a woman, uh, but like the thing was, is like we weren't, you know, she's not even in the same pose. We're not sure if they were insinuating this yeah. is who Mach Rider was because you are Mach Rider, right? That's right. But all, all of we everyone. also didn't see anybody else in that world, yeah. So we could just assume that that also could be Mach Rider because people don't exist anymore. It's just you and the like uh, cars. Like you're the last human before cars. Yeah, and the buggies and <laughs> yeah. all that. So that's a prequel to Cars. This is a prequel to Greek mythology. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is like which came first, Kid Icarus or this? Oh yeah, you know, because chronologically, yeah. Kid Icarus came first. We already did that episode, but now right. we're here with Athena. So okay. Um, yeah, it is It is our first, at least, adventure game where you know that this is a female character yeah. the entire time um, that we're playing. So right, yeah, that's I feel fun, like it's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Uh, even though she's not the best dressed character for, you know, to yeah. represent a woman in a video game on the NES. It's, it's a little... It's it's stupid. Like why? I, I mean, like apparently you're just gonna walk around. I mean, it's 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 eight bit graphics, so you can't really. It doesn't really look like anything. Yeah, yeah she's wearing a red bikini. At least on like one of the covers, one version of the cover, it's a red bikini. Yeah, I I couldn't even tell while playing the game, and because I hadn't looked at the box art. The part that bothers me though is how they explain it, and if you you have to play the arcade version to really understand it for those for those cinematics. Right? Yeah, for the cinematics of like, well, the reason why she has all. Of her clothes off at the start of the game is because she opened a door to that fantasy world and then she falls down and as she's falling all of her clothes came off yeah but why does that doesn't explain why that happened (laughs) and if you're thinking oh well okay guys uh we can we can grant them all of that but it's still a pretty progressive move to, to no it's not because the only reason that she opened the door to chaos was because she was bored. And it's like, that's just what they think that women do, isn't it? Like, the only times that, like, they have to be heroic is when they're, like, when they're bored and they do some stupid shit on their own, right? So, uh... They, they cause the problem, you know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, I'd be, I wouldn't, you know, having this information, I need to dish it out. We have, uh, Toshiyuki Nakai, uh, which was a complete, that's not his name at all, probably, <laughs> knowing me. Uh, but let's go, let's just call him Toshi. 
uh, he was the designer and planner for Athena, and um, Athena wound up being a pretty popular character for SNK. Uh, and so he answers a couple questions about it in a 1996 interview. And on the design of Athena, he doesn't talk anything about the red bikini and instead just says, developing Athena was an unforgettable experience for me. I drew Athena herself and most of the other characters. So besides its popularity, it left a big impression on me and then follows it up with, we also received a bunch of fan letters sent directly to Athena, the game character herself, and lots of postcards with illustrations on them. It probably doesn't seem rare at all today, but back then it was very new, and I remember everyone at SNK was surprised. Dear As Athena, a- yeah. would you like to go to prom with me? Right. As her character designer, it was a huge encouragement to me and made me very happy. In an instant, all the exhaustion and pain I felt dissipated. All right. Yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, he's proud of the work he did. Good for Even him. Even though Sean seems to have some beef with uh, Tojiyuki over <laughs> I here. I have no beef. I just think it's funny that, it, like, she opened... Like, that is such an origin story. Is that like, the she board thing door. Is that in, the, in the story in the manual? I'm sorry, what? Is the, the board aspect of it? Yes, is that, it is the in manual? the manual. Oh, she yes. was bored. Uh, okay, so just to take a step back for a minute, as, as I mentioned about Tojiyuki, uh, this is an SNK game. Uh, this is their second NES game. Their first was Ikari Warriors. Uh, can we talk a little bit about Ikari Warriors for a second? How do we feel about that game? And now, like, with do we do you have high hopes for Athena because of Ikari Warriors, or are you expecting like something mediocre? I was, I'd say, I was expecting not. I was not expecting the world from this game, and it still did not reach that bar. Gotcha. I also wasn't expecting much, but I was expecting more than I got. And so Micronix uh, did the NES port. Uh, SNK hasn't done either of those games, uh, Ikari Warriors or uh, Athena. They didn't do the. They just did the arcade versions. But Micronix does the NES port, and Micronix did Ghost and Goblins in 1942. Those are Capcom games, but it also did Ikari Warriors. So it's kind of like you know you don't. I feel like those all three of those games are recognizable even today. Like to a retro gamer enthusiast, so Micronix is doing a good job here in terms of making memorable games. But are they making good games? I mean the the game itself doesn't seem like it was that that well programmed. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of actual jank in this game. Where um, like one thing that I noticed and that I read and just like watched videos about, there is no there is no like buffer between when you get hit and when you can get hit again. Like if, if you just end up in a crowd of enemies, you will just die in a second because every frame that you intersect with one of them is a, is damage. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So if there's like, those horse guys coming yeah, at yeah, you from exactly. both sides, you could just be yeah. like kind of squeezed into a position where you're just gonna take a ton of damage. Yes. And there are other things with like hitboxes not working, and uh, you can just get locked out of the game yeah. if you don't have an item on you. I got trapped. Yeah, I got trapped on the first level. The very first the level. The very first level. There's there's a guy firing arrows like with like a rapid fire bow and arrow, and I went. There's two levels. You can go down or you can go up. And I went down. 
And at that point, the arrows were just coming in behind me. They just they they didn't reach me, but they completely blocked me from going the only way back out. Huh. So I had to take a death. There was they were going too fast. There was no possible way of avoiding them. Yeah, I didn't think the game like would soft lock you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it does a lot. Wow. Okay, yeah. I didn't experience that during my playthrough, but I guess it makes sense because I was kind of just pushing through at all times. So I didn't really like take a take a moment to like let anything happen in the world that I was experiencing. I just kind of kept moving forward. Yeah. Um but also if you end up in a boss battle with the wrong weapon, you can just not be able to do any actual damage. Oh yeah, and that's a big problem in the final boss which yeah. we'll talk about later. <laughs> but uh let's just let's just go into the plot beats for a minute here with Athena since there is a plot. Uh she was the she's the princess of the heavenly kingdom of victory. And one day she opened the door which shouldn't be opened in the basement of Castle Victory. And when she crossed in, into the doorway, it caused her to fall from the skies into another realm called Fantasy World, which was dominated by the evil emperor Dante. After her flowing dress was lost while catching the wind for her fall, <laughs> the game begins in the world of Forest. Yeah. So I don't know a ton about Greek mythology, but that doesn't sound a little like bit. any of it. And that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't doesn't ring familiar. It is weird that they even chose to, you know, talk about the Greek thing at all, considering that like even even yeah. the enemies in the games, right. there's zero actual yeah. Greek influence. It's just the name of the character, right? Yeah. Guys, how influenced are you after playing like? Kid Icarus, like how influenced are you to be to not give this game a pass because you just had like a game that like was able to be fun and kind of modern while also having those same kind of like fun references so, at Greek mythology. I don't think I would be willing to give this game a pass anyways. But yeah, that that is just like just further like solidifies my my thought of like this game did it right before you. <laughs> like, uh-huh. It did it right and it did it first. And like it's not like there's a right and a wrong way, but it's like it feels like Kid Icarus kind of did its homework. Well, I, I don't, again, I don't think that that's what they were going for. Uh, just remove the name Athena. Sure. And just call her Bathena. <laughs> and, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make any other illusions. It's not out of place. I, I guess that's true. But it does say in the manual, Athena, goddess of wisdom, which I guess could be a different Athena, a different yeah. goddess of wisdom in yeah. a different religion. But I, I'm it, gonna, makes, I, it, it leads me on to believe that. I'm excited because I know I'm going to open a whole can of worms later. So I'm very excited <laughs> for when I open that. the gameplay uh either one of you guys want to like walk me through just like kind of what you do in this game i i, I would like to hear what sean has to say <laughs> sean? i feel like you maybe let, experienced it more let me hear it okay. sean um so so you start off just it's a typical side-scrolling action game um but you and you have to find armor and weapons uh, by either uh, stealing weapons from downed enemies or digging into the dirt to find either helmet, boots, uh, shield, 
Um, do you, do you actually get like chest armor? I don't. Actually yeah, you know. do. You do yeah. have. Uh, yeah, there's a couple different. Like you get the helmet, the chest yeah. armor. I think you can even get like um, their boots or something. I think. Yeah, boot. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mentioned that. Um, and they all have different like defensive bonuses and mo- movement bonuses. Like if you have the helmet, you can jump into a block and it'll break the block, which will give you some sort of pickup. But basically, the entire game is trying to build your um, armor set and getting the best weapons for the situation and progressing through the game to the right or in some of the later levels into some, like, labyrinthine... uh, I mean, it's not that complicated. Yeah, I'm kind of inclined, you know, like, my immediate thought was like, oh, is this one of those, like, Super Mario Brothers clones? And I don't think so. I think it's more like like a chubby cherub. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like like on a similar scale, I like guess. that's like that's a comparative game yeah. that we've talked about in the past. Yeah. I think that's the one that like rings most true to what's going on in Athena. Yeah, I, I guess that both of those games do this thing that we've mentioned before too, where it feels like the enemy placement and just the design of the level is just kind of there is no not a placement. lot of thought put behind it. It's yes. just like let's, has, just, let's just put yeah, things wherever is, that can hit you, and it doesn't feel yeah. This is memorable. the same like. Uh, whatever technique a lot of these games have been using of just like endlessly spawning, almost randomly spawning, infinitely spawning enemies of varying types that it can actually get to a point where you just can't progress because there's just a crowd of horse heads. And and the enemies wouldn't be so bad if like the hitbox detection wasn't so weird. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have a hard time necessarily killing things, but I also had a hard time figuring out like what registers as a hit, what doesn't, what's... Until Sean explained it just now, what registers as a hit on me even was like kind of yeah. confusing. There's no real uh, auditory or phys- or visual feedback as to when you hit or when they hit, unless like they just die. Um, and that like that even extends to when you game over. It, it, there's no like animation like immediately after you get hit, like your final hit, it just cut, cuts to yeah. black, and it could just be like, wait, did I unplug the, did I unplug the controller or something? <laughs> Power or, go out. It's like then there's an animation of her yeah. dropping. I down. almost oh, didn't yeah, want right. the animation though because I for a minute, like you know, because it is that long. It's yeah, like yeah. you know the black stays on there for a second. I was like, oh, she's dead. <laughs> you know, like like I've completely you have lost to hard consciousness. Reset. <laughs> like she is dead. Like, the screen is black. You gotta return the game, send it back. Like I was like, whoa. So that was pretty serious yeah you also mentioned the upgrade system sean with the different equipment yeah and stuff now snk refers to these as rpg like elements uh what do you think of the upgrade system <laughs> i mean it's 87 i guess you could i mean rpg like elements is gonna be used very sympathetically yeah, yeah to a lot uh, of these games like yeah it's an upgrade system yeah sure it's an rpg like element it's yeah. just not an rpg element in the same <laughs> way in the same way that like text in a box is an rpg like yeah like, yes or just like being a video game is an yeah. RPG-like element. i also didn't think it was like very helpful when uh you know like if you pick up the sword the flame sword for instance and then like another enemy drops the club and it's like the game can't differentiate for you that, like, oh, you probably want to hold on to the flamethrower. No, I'll go back to, like, the <laughs> yeah, level one right. club. Like, yeah. yeah. Kind of like one. Ghost and Goblins where you've got you to, gotta, like, yeah. avoid some Th- of the That drops. isn't a problem uh, unique to this game. Um, thankfully, they do despawn after a few seconds. But, yeah, it is still a, a problem. <laughs> Don't you think it's weird, though, that, like, Super Mario Brothers solved this problem already for everybody and, like, no one's decided to take them up on it? Well, where, like, no, I'm just saying, you know, think about it. It's like once you have the mushroom, right? 
you don't get offered the mushroom again. It's like going forward, you're going to get fire flowers, you know? But they, I think the difference here is that one, there are only two power ups in Super Mario Brothers. And <laughs> that's true. Uh, and a big in, flaw of the game. <laughs> not a no, flaw. I know, I'm joking. It was just like the way that we're talking. Yeah. But there's only two. Like, it's like, that was a big deal. And while, yeah, nobody wants the Red Billy Club again, even though it keeps dropping, there Is that are. The official name? I don't know. No, I just like that. Probably. <laughs> the Red Billy Club. I think that's what it's called in the manual, Very but I cool. could be wrong. Um, there are situations where you might want, like, the second weakest weapon, which is that hammer that just plows through. Uh, uh, plows through the blocks a lot quicker. Um, there are situations that you you want these, um, but not all the time. So I think that it's it's a hard problem to solve. And I, that is not. I mean, there, I fault this game for a lot, but that is not something I'm going to fault the game for. <laughs> so I mean, there you know, there's eight worlds here. Uh, it's eight levels really. It's not like there's multiple levels within yeah. the world. But so eight worlds: the world of forest, world of cave. World of Sea, World of Sky, World of Ice, World of Hell, World of Labyrinth. I didn't think that Labyrinth would come <laughs> after Hell. And then probably the best, like, final place ever, like the ultimate final destination, World of Worlds. <laughs> that is the final uh, level. World 8 wow. is called the World of Worlds. What, what does that look like? What is the World of Worlds The, the like? World of... Uh, I mean, like, I'll, I could pull something up for you, Joe. No, okay, uh, I mean, it's not, our, a, it's not a just describable. Yeah, yeah, I it's, guess, like... It's, it's indescribable. Well, here's the thing. It's like, they did a nice touch with all these things. So I don't want to say World of Worlds isn't looking cool. Yeah. I actually didn't mind the graphical style. They did, like, at least a different enough-looking thing where I was like... No, this looks okay. It didn't look like... There were um, a couple times where I wasn't really sure what they were going for. Right, like, but I, I guess what I mean is, is it didn't just look like generic NES-looking stuff. It looked sure. like they actually tried yeah. okay. with the design of, like, even just the backgrounds, like, with the trees and stuff like that. It had, like, a little bit of a... Yeah. I don't want to say this. Like, I, I don't know. I don't want to say painted because it wasn't nice-looking, <laughs> but it definitely, like, looked more... It had a style. Yes, an aesthetic to it that okay. felt consistent across all the different worlds. Okay, I'll grant you that. So, you know, as I kind of said here, we had the World of Sea and we'll have the World of Sky, too. Those things uh, add more gameplay elements because in the World of Sea, you kind of like, you turn into like a mermaid, right? Yeah. Like, And you're, you're swimming. And then in the World of Sky, you also get wings. That's very chubby cherub-like. Mm -hmm. uh, did those things offer anything different enough for you guys to be like, hey, it's a whole different kind of game? Or like, They really only exist to get past very specific points in the level. Um I think there's a specific, uh, very tight squeeze if you choose one route in the uh, the water level that you can't get through unless you're a mermaid. <laughs> but that's about it. Like, and you, so I'll be honest, I did not get to the world of sea. Okay. Um, you you don't you don't keep the mermaid power indefinitely. You can lose the mermaid power up. You can lose I mean, it. Underwater? Yeah. I mean, it, you also don't carry it to the next level. Right. Later, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, you definitely lose it there. And speaking of, like, just carrying things between levels, not the weirdest thing is how the transition between worlds works, where it's like, cut the black, cut cut right to the next world. It's yep. like, there's no, like, real transition or anything. There's no... Well, here's the <laughs> thing about, like, just the production of this game. I, I They either, either didn't care or they were way too rushed because, yeah, you would expect some sort of transition between worlds. But let's just go back to the very first cutscene. 
where she is in some brick building or this brick room and yep. she just jumps into the middle of the screen and immediately it starts to do this like weird psychedelic like spiral, spiral out to black yeah. almost almost and a little pokemon-ish a little pokemon-ish but it has no that doesn't do any, it doesn't say anything she's not doing anything right. she just jumps and it cuts to black and then you go back to like the world of forest in the arcade version i saw there's a door there and that's the the door of Chaos. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the, the door that should not d- be door opened. that shall not right. be opened. <laughs> like, like, yeah, and that's like the the only thing that is part of the story. Exactly. Like, why, why bother? Not put the door. There? Like, if you're not going to put any other cutscenes in this game, and you you still want to do the first one, like, why bother? If you're not even going to put like a sprite in there for the door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I agree with the abruptness of the whole game. Yeah, and then like you couple that with the lack of just enemy you know like enemy variety but also just like the way that the enemies appear on the screen and one thing that we haven't talked about yet is that weird jump where like you press it once and it'll jump and then if you just time it right maybe on the second jump you'll jump like really far yeah to my experience if you if you don't stop jumping you'll continue jumping really high but if you don't jump for like one second you're jumping low again and the low jump is effectively useless yeah uh compared to the like you know the game breaking high jump. Yeah, I. Well, what, what do you mean by game breaking? Well, I don't mean like. I guess I just mean like things that could have been in your way. Now you can just like jump right over them and onto sure. the next platforms. And it, it, it seems like a really jinky way to to do a like just to try and do like Super Mario. Like, why couldn't they do that? Right, like a like, like the a run momentum. and jump kind of yeah, or or just a hold button to go jumping higher like. No, yeah, that's true too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was weird because I thought that's what I was doing at first. Was like, oh, if you push down like really hard, <laughs> yeah. it'll yeah. And it's like, <laughs> no, it doesn't register that stuff. All right. So after you get through all this stuff, the final boss is Dante, um, the guy who's like taking over the fantasy world, and you fight him. He's like a sphinx-looking creature, but or, stands yeah, like a Cerberus. Cerberus? Okay. Well, doesn't he have three heads? A sphinx with three heads. That's pretty cool. But doesn't he Is, have three heads? I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I, to be honest, I looked at the picture very fast. <laughs> but I'm, I'm pretty sure he has a sphinx-like feature to him. I, I don't think I would have made that up, but... I, I think our viewers think that we're making stuff up now. Okay, all right. So you're you're going. <laughs> wait a minute. You're going is, is this on- Athena? <laughs> I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it doesn't really matter because I, the only point, the only reason why I'm bringing up the final boss in the first place is that it's because it's possible to soft lock yourself out of the final boss by not picking up the necessary weapon, uh, the bow that you need to defeat yeah. to defeat uh, Dante. And so you get to the end, and it's like, uh, if you didn't collect that bow, sorry, kid, but today's not your day with Athena. Like, <laughs> Start over. He just He's, like, impervious to everything else. And, and there's nothing that, like, no, nothing tells you that. There's no uh, telegraphing that, hey, maybe pick up the bow. Um, there's no lore. If anything, the game reason. is telegraphing. Try stuff. Right. You know, like yeah. try out. No, 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 I'm saying like try out everything, right? So like when you get the bow, it's like that should be the very last thing you pick up, like mandatory item right. pick up, and now you fight Dante. It's stupid.
All right, so I'll take you through a couple of other things real fast. So on the graphics, uh, Toshiyuki in his 1996 interview had this to say. In any event, I worked really hard on the graphics for Athena. As you can imagine, now that our developments were more team-based, a healthy sense of competition and rivalry developed between us. I didn't want to be the weakest link and slack off in my art. I really gave the drawings my all on that game. So just kind of, you know, enforcing that whole, like, crunch time momentum that we hear about with even back then now in Japanese game culture is just like, you know, if you're not working or if you're not working the hardest, you're seen as like the weakest link. Yeah, um, it explains a lot. All right, and uh, <laughs> one other one on, on the fire sword, a little uh, technical thing here that he got into. The biggest challenge during the creation of Athena was the fire sword. This humongous sword is one of Athena's weapons. During the initial planning, we thought it would look cool to have these big flames coming out of it. But due to hardware and memory limitations, we simply ran out of space. After countless revisions, we finally completed a usable fire sword effect. And I know I'm patting myself on the back here, but I felt a huge uh, surge of pride then. Laughs. So here's something that I, I was just thinking of while I was listening to that. And this sort of goes back to our shared experience as uh, as film students. Okay. I feel like this is when you're at you're at like a a forum where you're showing your films and there's a Q&A portion and somebody asks you what was the biggest challenge. Um and they they go into some very specific like oh like this special effect just wasn't perfect it took so hard to get that perfect and then like but like this film that they're talking about the sound sucked like there's terrible <laughs> acting but like they're going on and on about this one special effect it's like you're totally missing you're the point you're focusing on the wrong you're thing. focusing on the wrong things like maybe get the general and ideas, then imagine right? imagine ending it too with like. But I did manage to get this, this special effect to work, and I'm very proud of myself for that. <laughs> Every single interview quote I've read from Toshiyuki so far has been, listen to this, okay, on design. Uh, I, you know, I, I drew her myself on the fire sword. I sound like I'm, uh, I know I'm patting myself up on the back here, but I feel a huge surge of pride on the graphics. I didn't want to be the weakest link and slack off in my art. I really gave my all for the drawings on this game and on the fan mail. In an instant, all the exhaustion and pain I felt dissipated. Like, wow. Okay, this guy has a Napoleon complex. And <laughs> no. That is really funny. Like, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I think no, it's just yeah. really funny that we noticed that trend yeah. amongst him. And I do agree, this isn't a great game, and he seems to really be hyped about it. And maybe, like, in Japan it's a bigger deal, but in Western audiences, I feel like if you ask yeah. people about Athena... Was, I mean, was it well-received at the time? No, and that's in, the kind of, like, States? the weird thing is, like, a lot of people will tell you that Athena is one of the NES's, like, hardest games just because it's really hard to get through yeah, all yeah. eight levels. Like, the idea of, like, you sitting down and being like... All right, I'm gonna do this. You know, like nobody really <laughs> yeah. says that about Athena. Ghosts and Goblins, sure. Right. There's like enough substance yeah. to that game that you're like, I'm and gonna it, and do it this. It sounds enjoyable to have that challenge. This challenge doesn't feel like because you're actually fighting the software. Exactly. It's not like you're playing the game; you're just fighting exactly. the software in a lot of part, parts of this. So I know you guys are now wondering what's next for Athena, right? Like, what happens next? And I am glad to say that uh, in 1993, uh, a Japanese magazine interviewed SNK. We don't know who they interviewed from, but just an SNK representative. And they were just spitballing, like, what do you think happened to Athena? So here's what SNK came up with on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can tell they never put any thought into this, so here we go. 
Having safely defeated the evil Emperor Dante of Fantasy World, Athena returns to the Kingdom of Victory and lives as a normal girl for a while. Her tomboyish nature, however, remains unchanged, and she has many adventures, the detail of which, due to a decree by the king restricting the dissemination of such information, I'm not at liberty to divulge. Eventually, she marries, has many children, and lives a blessed life of happiness and contentment. Her favorite magazine is Suteki na Okusan, The Perfect Wife. <laughs> and she loves to sing Momo Yamaguchi, uh, Momo Yamaguchi at karaoke. The female descendants of the Asayama family also have um, ESP power. So this is, they just <laughs> came up with that. That was just like an aside at the just end. Just an aside. <laughs> like, all of the future as descendants uh, have ESP power. You know what? I, I, wanted, I, wanted, have ESP I wanted to power? be like, you know what? Maybe they weren't like, maybe maybe she just happened to be a bored female character. <laughs> it was coincidence. But then they threw in that like, the, the she, magazine. Yeah, she the perfect wife. Like, it's she like she married. has many children. It's like, okay. She it, settled it, down and really She doesn't need to be a I warrior. thought there was a yeah. sequel to this game. Uh, okay, so I'll get into that next, <laughs> Sean. I, I was, I was kind of hoping we could do maybe the essential games list. <laughs> but uh, since you bring it up, Sean. First, the bad news. I mean, the arcade version's still bad in this game. Like, you know, like I usually talk about, like, I played all the other versions. I tried all the other versions. They're all still bad, okay? Like, okay. the arcade version is actually amazing how similar the NES version is to the arcade version. Uh, so, no, don't go out seeking a cabinet of the arcade version <laughs> for this one. So, sequels and spinoffs, I'm glad that you asked, Sean, because it's actually her descendant. Oh, one of Athena those. Athena Asamiya uh, from Psycho Soldier. Okay, and Psycho Soldier is a m- much more popular game that's recognizable. And uh, and I say much more popular, like, not that you uh, yeah, should know it, know but, like, way is. more popular than <laughs> Athena. And uh, that is, she is a main staple of the King of Fighters series. Oh, uh, Athena um, I may have, uh, may have played her before. Yeah, that. she's the one dressed like the schoolgirl. Oh, uh, oh, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, purple Man, hair. They just can't get it right with this character. <laughs> yeah, purple hair. Anyway, the cool thing about this, now that we're going to talk about this before we get into the essential games list, is that I can tell you all about all the other things Athena's been doing, too. So outside of just having a descendant who's incredibly popular, Athena shows up as a secret boss in the SNK vs. Capcom SVC Chaos game. And so that's SNK and Capcom characters <laughs> coming together. And there's a, there's two secret bosses. One who you fight in hell, and it's the Red Devil, of course, from oh, Ghosts and dear. Goblins, and then let's the bring the volcano one. back from Gradius too. <laughs> that Upside down with the volcano. Yeah, that, anyway, <laughs> then you fight in heaven. The secret boss is Athena, and I think what's really cool about having her in this game is that they actually use all of her moves from the one game that they have to source, and so like. Kick. Yeah, like, no, but I mean, like, yeah. there's, like, a cool moment where, like, she slaps you with her mermaid fin. Like, she transforms really fast into that. Okay. And she uses her bow and arrow and stuff like that. She wow. uses the different clubs. I mean, like, they really went all out here with, like, wow. designing an, an enemy from scratch, an enemy, a character from scratch based on one game. I just can't believe, like, I guess in the age of Smash, like, it makes sense to to put like a really obscure character in a game like that, but back then, like it was just like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, well, it goes further, Sean. She was also in Neo Geo Battle Coliseum, uh, and she's a character in that one too, sporting her red bikini, of course, because that's what separates her from Athena Asamiya. <laughs> and and then she also shows up as a collectible card in SNK vs. Capcom Card Fighters Clash. 
uh, which is actually, I thought it was a, like a actual real life collectible card game, but it's like for the Neo Geo system. It's just like a, the Neo Geo, not the Neo Geo system, the handheld system, the pocket. Sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. And then last, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually this isn't even the last thing. <laughs> Athena has such a history guys. Uh, in the final days of memories game, which is a dating sim for cell phones in Japan, she makes a cameo as a foreign cousin of Athena Asamiya. So, just a cameo. You can't actually date her. You can only date her descendant. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> there were probably going to be some, some people that wanted to buy the game. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> you can only date her descendant, uh, descendant uh, Athena Asamiya, in Days of Memories, which is a Japan-only dating sim game. And then finally, SNK said, you know what? There's so much more we could have done with Athena, so why don't we just make Athena full throttle? So, in 2006, Athena full throttle is released for the iMode on the FOMA 90X, which none of those things make sense to me. (laughs) I have not understood half the words you've said for the past five minutes. (laughs) This is a console, and that's a mode inside of it, and I guess, like, maybe it's a computer console or something. It's only available in Japan. Anyway, it is a sequel to Athena, and uh, I highly recommend checking it out. What? This is 2006? 2006. We finally get the sequel we deserve in which she opens the door which shouldn't be opened B. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe it. It was in like a service closet or something. This is such a deep cut into like Athena's. (laughs) You know, like, it's like, I cannot believe I have this much information to dish out about a game we barely wanted to talk about. Yeah. No. So with that in mind, let's get into the essential games list. All right, guys, it's time for the essential games list. The thing I just said like four seconds before (laughs) this because the music's so short. Uh, I don't think we need to do any introductions here. Sean, give me a yay or nay. Nay. Joe? I didn't get very far in this game because I was not enjoying it. So I will say it is not essential. Uh, Sean, I didn't want to like take away any feelings you might want to No, I've I've expressed a lot of feelings already. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we've said everything we need to. I think the fact that I have more to talk about the history of Athena after this game than <laughs> we wanted to talk about the actual game itself uh, means that it's not worth playing. Uh, please do not seek this one out uh-huh. in any regard. Yeah, like, I just—it's just, not worth collecting. Yeah. I'm not sure what it could offer you, um, yeah. unless you're like unless you're an Athena Asamiya super fan, and you're like, it's not enough that she's now becoming a YouTube virtual blog- vlogger. Like I need her also. I need to see her grandma too. So is I'm that gonna, actually a thing? That's a thing. I had to slip that in as well. <laughs> <laughs> Athena Asamiya, Athena's descendant. I love how many times I will bring that up. Uh, she is now going to be a YouTube virtual vlogger. Like this hasn't happened yet. Like, it's th- about this is in yeah. The works? It was announced uh, like earlier this month. Uh, this month being September 2018, guys. So bear sorry, with us. we're we're a bit behind. Yeah, um, but I'm sure lots of cool stuff are happening in 2026. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I feel like that's all the time we have for this episode of Nostalgia. What do you guys think? I think I can agree with. I can get on board with that. Want to get some pizza? Uh, Joe, real fast though, before we eat pizza. 
If you were going to like seek out more nostalgia information, is there like is there a way you could do that? I've heard there's a good website that you can that you can check out. You're absolutely right, Joe. That is <laughs> nostalgicast.com. www.nostalgicast.com. We got a lot of great things on that webpage. We got all of our reviews. We got all of our episodes up. You know what else we got? We we just installed a, an order pizza button on the front page of this website. But it'll only be there today. So if you're listening to this podcast in the present, too bad it's too late. It's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually on today. Yeah, so on yeah, today. Like September. Yeah. If you weren't night, yeah. September twentieth, two thousand and eighteen. Yeah. Um. But the good news is, is there. There's also articles up there, and hopefully by now there's some different articles. I have a bunch of cool ideas planned, so you guys can see how lazy I am if the <laughs> uh, the story so far section hasn't been built yet. If that's not there, you know I'm really lazy because I've had now several months to put that together for you guys. That's like a really cool feature that's just going to continue to build, where we're just going to kind of dish out. How the NES, like, what's the story of the NES by month, month by month, breaking down, like, what has happened, how we've seen all these different game companies, what they've offered, and how that's kind of influenced their stories, but also the story of the NES. What are, like, the big takeaways from each month? So I think you're going to really appreciate that uh, if you haven't been to the website yet and been checking that out. And that'll update monthly, too, as we finish the months of the games. So not, like, real-time months, <laughs> video game months. <laughs> Uh, I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me on at Esposito Film on Twitter. Uh, peace.